0: Hello and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kisisa. Parsha's Kisisa can represent a sort of conclusion of the previous weeks of the completion of the construction of the Mishkan. Embedded in that is also a further demonstration of Rashi's opinion that the mitzvah of the Mishkan is only following the Chet Ego, which is in this week's Parsha. Not like other Rishonim would say they would have always had a mitzvah to build the Mishkan. How is that seen? Even from the very beginning of the Parsha, through the first discussion in the Parsha of Machasit Shekel? is that it is in some way to atone for the chayte ego. Obviously, um, it's also to contribute towards the mishkan, and the chayte hasn't happened yet. So this would seem to be yet another indication um, for Rashi that the Torah is in fact out of order when it discusses the mishkan. There's a comment at the beginning of the Parsha, from Rav Yavka Hamanetsky in the Amosli Yaakov, Perak Lamid Pasuk Yed Gimel, Kol Haover Al HaPikudim, this is what you shall give everyone who goes through the count. And Rav Yaakov quotes, E Yalkut Shemoni, Pasar Zeh, he explains the Pasuk for Yisrael that the idea of Zeh, Hushbalu, they end up having disgrace Bene Israel from you saying the word Zeh, where in this week's parsha it is, Kizemosha Ish. This person, this man Moshe, we don't know what happened to him. And therefore they need to make the ego. And also, they elevate themselves from this posak zeh yitnu, kol over. So Ruby says, what is it about the word zeh that could cause their elevation or their disgrace and Yaakov explains that the idea of the word ze has to do with understanding um, somebody or something perhaps it's similar to the idea of Ze having indications of pointing at something and he then says that when they say Moshe has gone and we need to create a, create a replacement that's an appreciation that they can understand what Moshe was who he who he is and therefore they can say that Aaron is someone who can take over so that is their disgrace and he says that their elevation is through the idea of giving shkalim. And the idea of giving shkalim is the idea that Moshe made the coin and the fact that Moshe mints the coins shows that he is the king. And he says that you see that because there's quotes a Rama that says that somebody is obligated in the, the, the punishment of, of rebelling against the king, against the king who has minted his own coins. Because coins have a certain amount of permanence and authority to a king. So, if we're giving the shekel, it shows that, and it's, it's Moshe's shekel, I guess. It shows that we recognize Moshe's greatness, and then that in some way is able to atone for the egel hazahav. But what is not clear is what exactly is the relationship between them saying, okay, we can replace Moshe, and we understand what Moshe was, which is the first zeh mentioned, and this idea that, no, we, we can appreciate Moshe's grandeur and greatness through the giving of the Shekha, which is the other zeh. So, if we turn a few pages in the Emes to Yaakov, to the first comment he makes on Parikh Lamedves, Moshe of Yaakov is trying to understand the Chet ha-Egel. He says that it is B'nai Yisrael in a dire situation if they think, in fact, Moshe is gone. Moshe was the one who provided the man for them in his chus. And if they see the satan shows of Moshe's coffin, they think he's dead and they're in the desert and they will have no sustenance and they will die. So, they are, in fact, in dire straits. It is an existential crisis for Bnei Yisra'el. But Yaakov says that really, therefore, the problem for Bnei Yisra'el is they didn't have Bitachon. Do they really think that Hashem's going to leave them in the desert to die? And he says that you see this idea of Bitachon because he he puts he a Pesach in Yechezkel that says that Hashem, of the Bnei Yisra'el rebel against Hashem. And they violate his Shabbos, and he thought to destroy them. Where do we ever see that Hashem wants to destroy Bnei Israel? about Shabbos? And he says it has to do with the MUN and the MUN. If they don't follow the laws of the MUN, that it shows a lack of bitachon. And he says so too with the Chet HaEgel, and he says even with the with the sin of the spies later, it's a fault of B'tochum. And he says that, in fact, is their shortcoming. And a few him later, in Pasuk Yates, it discusses Moshe destroying the Luchos, and again, why would Moshe destroy the Luchos if he leaves Har Sinai with the Luchos? What would prompt him to decide to destroy the Luchos after the fact? Hashem has told them that B'nai Israel has made the Ekin. And he says it has to do with his conversation with Joshua in terms of the sounds that they hear. And there's some question as to what is going on. Is it some sort of war, maybe in the camp, perhaps a war in the camp? The people are fighting over what the appropriate course of action was in light of Moshe's death. You see that Hor was killed. He says, no, let's wait. And that's why Aaron doesn't, doesn't, doesn't try to delay them. So maybe there was a struggle, and that would seem to be even something in 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 their favor that this was a very very difficult decision for them to make, but they did it out of duress. But when he sees that they're dancing and they're fully embracing the the eagle as their new leader, then he destroys the um, the luchos. I heard many, many years ago from my Rabbi Rav Sheftel Lueberger of Racha, that the way to understand the Chay HaEgel is that B'nai Yisrael find Moshe's dead and they need a new leader and there's a medrash in Medrash Rabbah, basic idea comes up in, I think, three places, whether it's the third parsha, the second the second paragraph, or Mem Beis 5, and then Mem Gimel Ches. So three different places in the Medrash Rabbah where it says that Hashem gave B'nai Israel the Torah and He visited them and they took from one of the images, on the Merkava and they end up worshiping it and, and angering Hashem. The image they took is the shore. Because the Merkava, Hashem's chariot, has on it the image of a lion, the image of a person, the image of a Nesher, and the image of an ox. So the question might be okay, so so they're 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 trying to worship Hashem through his Merkava even. And the Ramban tries to explain what does it mean that they would choose the ox. So the Ramban, this is also in the first Pesach, uh towards the end of his comments, in the first Pesach of Periklamid Beis, is that the shore in the Merkava is described as being on the left. And he says, if you're or, or the north, when you're facing the sun in the east, to your left is the north. And it, you know, some, there's a Pesach that references evil coming from Babel. He says it's not just Babel. So he says Aaron finds himself in the desert, in the barren wilderness, and therefore maybe how are we going to survive? If we're focusing on more of the you, Midas Adin? you need to therefore go to the left, and the shore is on the left. So there's a specific rationale given for the shore. Further, Rav Dessler, in the first volume of the Mikhtem Eliyahu, has a piece starting on page 273 about the heita Egel, and he says it has to do with looking at nature as opposed to by above nature, he says, which is what Moshe represents. And Chaim Friedlander in the second volume of Moadim in the discussion of Hanukkah talking about the and Israel being forced to ride on the horn of an ox, that they don't have a chelik in Hashem anymore, it elaborates further that you say the idea, maybe they thought that they were on a lower level. So therefore it's a question of trying to serve Hashem even from the Teva. If if Moshe's gone, maybe they've lost the idea of a teva, and therefore there's a push to just serve Hashem in the natural world. So we can find great rationale or as Rav Yaakov would put it, an existential crisis that would prompt B'nai Yisrael to think they've got to do something. But Rav Sheftel said that is not the area that B'nai Yisrael gets to choose. Our interaction with Hashem has to come from Hashem. If it's on our terms, it says it's a slippery slope to a Zarah. And we see at least for some elements of B'nai Yisrael, that is in fact what happens with the Chita Egel. I think it's 3,000 are killed with Adam and Asra, and more than that are dying in some sort of Magefa, is mentioned. But and that might be the individuals who who, who fell into the Avoda Zara. The people themselves maybe as a, as a people were just willing to accept that the Terms of relationship have changed. And that is something that is untenable if the Jewish people are going to survive. And I think that now this clarifies Rav Yaakov's comment at the beginning of the Parsha. They think they understand Moshe, they think they understand how they can interact with Hashem. Maybe it'll be through Aram, it'll be as as what Rav Yaakov says there, or it's through this Egel. But that is not something that B'nai Israel is supposed to do. We do not control the re- our interaction with Hashem, our relationship with Hashem, the way Hashem will communicate to us. That is not something we are allowed to do, because if we do it, we will invariably end up corrupting it, as we know has happened in the past with the Vodazar. It starts out, as the realm says, with, with uh, ulterior motives that uh, they want to honor. Hashem's servants. But it's it, it, it shifts away from that very quickly. And through the giving of the shekel towards the mishkan and recognizing, I guess, every year the mishkan and the mishkan and through giving the shekolem of the mishkan and the shekolem that are going to have the image of Moshe is our way to reaffirm every year that in fact it's Hashem's Torah, and his, Hashem's Torah forever, and we're going to carry it out the way He said it, and we're not going to try to put our own conditions, our own spin on things. And again, I think this is particularly difficult in more modern times where we like to assume that we know a lot, and we are able to do a lot, which is true in the in our in our control over the natural world. And it is not easy to always recognize that we don't have all of the answers, and that we need to subjugate ourselves to a higher power. But that is, in fact, the lesson that this parsha is is telling us. And through our giving of the shkollim, which is how the parsha starts, even before the sin has happened, we can affirm that. Would like to uh, acknowledge and thank by Daniel Rose of Shari Zion for suggesting this as the topic for this week. I thank you all for listening, and I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos, and I will see you next time.